vibes. What up? Kyle Warner of the Warner Brothers Podcast. That is not Keenan with a skin transplant. This is Brandon Petty. Brandon, what up, bro? It's been too long. <laughs> What's going on, bro? It's been a long time, man. Too, too long, long. Too damn long. OG guest of the Warner Brothers Podcast. He actually had at the time what we thought was a hot take with Zion. Do you wanna you wanna revisit that? Just to start? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, we can do so that. So what was your exact before we get to everything else, but what was your exact prediction of his career? What was it that you said? So I thought he was going to be too injury prone um, with his height and his weight and just like his track record at Duke, like for that one year with the whole shoe incident, you know, him missing games and stuff. It's one of those things. It's just, yeah. It's just like one of, I, I, I thought, you know, at the time I'm like, okay, this guy is going to be too injury prone. Like he's not going to be able to stay on the court, you know, it's because of playing weight. You know, if he sheds 30, 40, maybe 50 pounds, you know, then, you know, he might be, you know, durable enough, but, that's yeah, not man, four years later, he's still eating that good Louisiana cuisine, getting porn stars pregnant. It's been a it's been a rough, yeah. rough start for Zion, but <laughs> we'll keep it easy on him. Oh, yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> but the reason why we're here, you might have heard big album dropped over the weekend. Travis Scott, Utopia. Brandon actually has probably the most diverse music taste I've seen. Honestly, like you listen to fucking, I say I listen to everything. You truly listen to everything. I've got, I've got about Snow Lives in my car today on the way home from work. And just on Apple Music alone, I've got, I think it's like 28,000 something songs that's just insane. on Apple Music. And then that's not including, you know, Spinrilla and like, Spotify, you know, everything else, SoundCloud. You, you still be on yeah. SoundCloud? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I still, I still get on SoundCloud. Okay, yeah. With the shits, with the shits. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, man, I do some deep ass diving for some music. I, I'll, I'll scroll through, you know, every uh, what is it? Every Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning when music drops, and I'll sit there and just scroll through and scroll through and find shit. Right, give me place. something then that you would, I would consider maybe extremely random that's like in your rotation. Because you'll send me shit where you're like, "Yo, did you hear this?" I'm like, "Damn, you really do listen to fucking everything." So like, give me, give me an example of. All right, this is random. This isn't really my palette, but I'm listening to it. I'm fucking with it. Give me one. So, okay. So, the uh, it's actually a guy that has collabed with Travis Scott. Um, James yeah, Blake. Yeah. James Blake. I James love Blake's his music. Nice. His music is his music is great. Um, you know, there's some. Uh, I listen to a lot of like, uh, like I, I guess you know okay. reggae music stuff like that. Like kind of. Kind of guys like DeVito and like WizKid, stuff like that. Afrobeat. Um, you know, yeah, I kind of Afrobeat, house music, I guess is what some people call oh. it now. Um, but I mean, I'm, you know, from, from rap to R&B to some country. Yeah, you be on your country um, shit. I see that on socials. You be on your, be on your Jacksonville country boy shit too. I see you. I see you. Yeah. You, you know, every once in a while that'll kind of come out. Um, you know, but we, you know, obviously, you know, rap music and, and R&B is where it's at. That's a wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, James Blake, last album, Friends oh, yeah. That Break Your Heart. I remember us talking about that. That's a good album. That's a, He's got a different sound, you know? He's kind of got that spacey Travis sound. So it makes sense they make music together. Yeah. Uh, and I I think they should collab more. I mean, personally. I don't... I, I think they absolutely have to. I mean, so have they collabed before, before this album? So yeah, they 
they had it was off of I don't know if it was on an album of James Blake or if it was just a single. They had a song That's called right, Mile, no, Mile High. Hard. Mile High. Um, yeah, he put that out in 2019. That I think that was on record. I think that was think their that first is, collab. That's a, I'm pretty that's sure. off one of his albums. If not, it's like a Metro Boom and shit. That's a that's a good joint. That's a good joint. See, this is exactly exactly yeah, what we have on Brandon right now. Bring him back to my memory. <laughs> but let's get right to it. Utopia. Yeah. It would be very simple to say thoughts, but what was your first reaction Friday night, Saturday or Friday morning, I should say, when you put the album in? What was your first initial thoughts when you hear it? So my first, my honest first initial thought was first thing is I was like, damn, I'm really going to like this album. Um, but the first, like genuinely, like I thought to myself, like it had kind of like a different vibe in terms of mm-hmm. beats and stuff than, than Astroworld or Birds, you know, or Rodeo. Um you know, and, and it had more of a, it kind of like had that OG, like Travis Scott, kind of like dark Definitely got vibes. the dark vibe. Uh, I think I put on my Instagram the other day, it sounds like a scary movie to me. Like, it sounds like it could be the score of a horror movie, yeah. honestly, is the vibe I get from it. Yeah, it um, does. Like you said, his, his sound's kind of dark and ominous anyway, but this one especially, all the way through, it's like, you get a couple club joints, but even the club joints kind of sound like they could be a score of a movie, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. It's different. Uh, they're, they're all dark and let me actually and take you back a week before he releases k-pop him the weekend and bad bunny what'd you think mm-hmm. initially when you heard that like what what vibe did that set for the album for you because me i was like what the fuck is this i can't even picture this on the travis album was my initial thoughts yeah that was that that was my first thought too because that sounded too like that was too upbeat exactly. for travis scott like he hadn't like that's not really something that he's like dabbled in yeah. before you know, so I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, like, are we going to get more kind of like Afrobeat kind of kind of music? You know, are we going to get more kind of like, I guess, you know, trap based, you know, stuff more so than what he normally does? Because like you said, you know, he's more of like that kind of dark auto tune, you know, kind of like, you know, darker, darker music. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was. I'm like, all right, what am I really getting out of this album? And honestly, the first time through, we'll get your thoughts on it, but the first time through, I was still kind of like, damn, this song doesn't fit. But the more I listened to it throughout the weekend, I think it was a pretty well-balanced album. But I want to hear back to you, your overall thoughts. Once you started sitting with it, what what stood out to you? What'd you like? What'd you dislike? Yeah. So overall, I mean, I thought it was a great album. I definitely, I don't think it's like his number one album. I definitely don't think so. I still think Birds by far is his number one album. Tend to agree. Um, but in terms of this album, it it took me about two or three rotations fully through the album to kind of realize like, okay, this is actually a great album. First, first kind of go around, you know, I had some joints that I had picked out that I'm like, damn, you know, like mm-hmm. I fuck with this song. Um, but there were a couple that I had to kind of like really listen to over and over again. Um, there's really only one song that I don't like on there and it's Fiend. And the reason is because of Playboy Cardi. Like I, I think Playboy Cardi just kind of like, wouldn't say ruined the whole song, but he, you know, could have definitely gone without I feel him. you. Almost sounds like a Cardi left, like leftover that like Travis took. I mean, there's something to be said about possible Yeezus leftovers on this album, but that one definitely sounds like a Carti track more than it does a trap track. So I see yeah. what you're saying. And yeah, when that one comes on, I've noticed like 
yeah, I've it, noticed like it takes me two or three minutes before I realize it's actually on. I'm like, oh shit, this song's on, and then before I know it, it's done. You know what I mean? So it's it's weird. It almost sounds like background music compared to the rest of the album. Yes. But overall. Yeah, it's like you you kind of you know you start out good like hyena and then you know you you get to like god's country and you know then you get the song with drake meltdown and then i think fiend is right after that i think it's track number eight or it might be number nine and then you get to that and it's like all right like my first thought i'm like all right what the hell like completely That's different good. you know in terms of like what's been going on the first seven or eight and songs what, and what comes you know and then after fiend then it you know then it then it goes back it's a good point it's almost like an interlude and then you get the topia twins and yeah it's like and then i'm like all right like i'm not a huge fan of playboy mm-hmm. cardi as it is um i liked his old shit like when he first mm-hmm. came on the scene like like 20 2015 mm-hmm. i think when he had uh like the song with kodak and then he had a song called broke boy mm-hmm. as well too that's when i like cardi because he went with like the the high you know high frequency shit that he does now where it's like all auto tune and he's just like mumbling and kind of sounds like he's whining sometimes. Like dial it. I love dial it. That's a great album. And then after that, it's kind of gone downhill for me when it comes to car T, but dial it. Yeah. It's, it's been downhill with that. Dial it's a great one. It's been way downhill after that. So with me on this album, but other than that, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I echo what you said. Like, it took me two or three listens to where I'm like, okay, like the first time I'm like, okay, the production's great, but sounds weird. I'm not really sure how this fits. Like, I was listening to it on my phone, basically. Yeah. Then the next morning on my way to work and throughout work, I'm listening to it in the car and I'm like, shit, this is a great album. He put his effort into it. Um, obviously, there was a lot of hype. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think this album was supposed to release originally last year at some point. Then the whole fiasco at his concert happened. I think it was maybe even two years ago. Even I don't know. Yeah, it was like middle of last sure. year. For sure. Then, then he has Shit. a fiasco at his concert. I feel like it's been talked about in the works yeah. for a while. So there was a lot of hype surrounding this album. And I got to say, like when, it, when you're as big of an act as Travis or you're a Drake or you're a Future, whoever, there's hype that comes with that album. And at the end of the day, it's did you meet the hype? Did you not meet the hype? I think he met the hype with this one. You know, he yeah. definitely put the effort in. It's a great sounding album. Honestly, if you played all this music for me without Travis and you kept all the features, everything, you could tell me this was a Kanye album, the way it's constructed, all the way down to the features not being listed on the album. You know, yeah, you have to go to the, uh, you know, uncredited vocals on Wikipedia mm-hmm. and shit if you want to find it. But I thought it was a very well constructed album. And it's crazy. That- Amazing sounding. I think so too. And it's crazy that you say that because the first thing that I noticed was mm-hmm. the track list with how we had it like spelled in like all caps and stuff. That was like, what was it? That reminded me of, uh, of Donda. If it, the, you say the Kanye that, album, you know, track list and all very caps. much remind me of Donda. Just the way he, like he threw similar to Donda, he threw West Side Gun on a track randomly and it fit. Um, that tells me like how much, how serious Travis yeah. takes the shit which I can appreciate. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, give me your standout tracks, like immediately. Yeah. Like what, what tracks are you fucking with right now from this album? Give me a top three, top five. Oh, so I think 
top three, number one is still further notice. A good one. That's just like for me, James Blake and Twenty One Savage on that song. Just it's it's great. It's it's you know the dark vibe. Um, I think James Blake kind of really sets the tone mm. of that song with the first the first minute or so that he that he's on the vocals, and then you've got Travis and then Twenty One. Um, I'd say that's probably number one. Number two is going to be I Know. Um, the more and more I that's listen to that true. song, the more and more that's I fall in love with it. Um, I'd say number three. Number three probably is the song with West Side Gun. That. Um, I do. I I'm do looking love at it that now. Song. He actually added the, um, the features now to it, so they they went and put the features on at least on Spotify. He did. I'm sure it's the same on Apple Music, but now he does have the features. So the one with West Side Gun is Lost Forever. Yeah, that was track number track number fifteen, I believe. That that was a good. I I really enjoyed that song. Again, that's another James Blake song. And then you kind of you get West Side Gun in there, and West Side Gun kind of really just like switches he up really the whole does. song. Body that shit too. Like you kind of you go from Travis, yeah, yeah. You go from Travis mm-hmm. to West Side Gun, you know, which is which is a little bit more, you know, kind of like lyrical and kind of like a little bit more like East Coast, like you know your New York style, you know, oh, rap. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, street. Um, and then I think I got to go with probably uh, Topia Twins, I think, with uh, with 21 Savage. And then I think it's Rob 49 or something. Remember. That, that's another good song. And then if I had to pick five, it's prob- probably K-pop at number five. I think. That one's grown on me. I will say that. It's grown on me. It fits. You got Love with Kid Cudi right before that, which kind of sounds like K-pop part one almost. So it really sets the tone for K-pop when it comes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah. in full agreement with you. I Know is my favorite track immediately. Like when I was just skimming through on Friday night when it first dropped, when I knew I had to get to sleep, I heard like 30 seconds mm-hmm. of it. I'm like, okay, I got to listen to this one immediately tomorrow. So I Know is number one. Like that's the one right there. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's the one. And then God's Country number two for me. I like my eyes. My eyes is a good one. I'm fucking mm-hmm. with Meltdown, but I would agree with Utopia Twins, the one with West Side Gun, Lost Forever. Uh till further notice, the closing track, like you mentioned, both those go. And Telekinesis, Future and SZA. That one took me by surprise because that one almost sounds like a future track. Telekinesis. You know? Good. That sounds like it could have been on a future album. It does. Uh, it does. Future yeah. and SZA, whenever they link up, they seem to do well. Travis and SZA, they, anything they're on together, they, they sound great together. They make uh, great music. SZA does dark music really well. She has oh, yeah. a ton of different vibes. Um, but let me ask you, you mentioned the Drake verse. How do you feel? Obviously, the biggest takeaway from that is him dropping heat at Pharrell. Mm-hmm how he brought what he bought like $2 million worth of his chains and burned them allegedly. So he says, uh, that seems like a waste of money to me. Uh, what'd you think of the verse overall? Yeah, that's a big waste of money. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. wouldn't do that. <laughs> what do you think? Um, so it's kind of like, it's kind of difficult. Like I, sometimes it's like, all right, like I'm rocking with it. And then sometimes like if I sit there and actually listen to his lyrics, then I'm like, all right, like, it sounds super repetitive because he's he's ending with with shit at the end of every single bar that he's got. Um, I think it in terms of like the sound, it's good, but in terms of like lyrically, 
It's I think it's kind of like subpar. I genuinely think that like Drake's music quality has kind of like dropped off. And I'm a huge Drake fan. I love Drake. Um, but I do think like his quality has definitely dropped off. Um, like obviously like the name, like if you, you know, you get a Drake feature, like that still carries the same weight that it did, you know, five, seven, Absolutely. 10 years ago. But I think like, I don't know. I just don't know if he just doesn't put in enough effort or like what it is, but like, I like the song. I like Travis over him on the song. Um, but like, I didn't hate it, you know, but it was, it was also kind of one of those where I was like, all right, Drake probably could have done a little bit. That's my exact takeaway. Like, I think the bars are about a six out of 10 for Drake. I think Travis got him on this song, especially when you're comparing it to sickle mode, because yeah. that's what they're coming off of, which is a 10 out of 10. That was the song of 2018, arguably. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I thought the, the bars he sent to push and Pharrell, they were okay. He's doing that weird whisper flow which there was no need for that. Overall, it was just weird. Like, I felt like... Yeah, that's I feel like Drake does this thing, which he can get away with because he has such a following, where he kind of almost buries the lead. He'll say something that he knows is going to trend on Twitter. And then, like, I feel this way about the Meek Mill beef, to take it back to the mm -hmm. Meek Mill beef. I feel like uh, Back to Back, that was a great song. Mm -hmm. But, like, I heard it... I don't know, it came on a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, this is a pretty weak beef track altogether. Like, as a diss track... That's a five out of ten. The song itself is great. Yeah, it is. It's a great song, but as far as a beef track, it's not Ether. It's not Takeover. It's not you know anything we've heard or the game. The game's a legendary diss track artist. Like it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not on par with that to me. Um, so yeah, like I agree with you. I think it sounds fine. No, yeah, he flows not. well in the song. Like it's a solid Drake verse, but I don't think it's any. It's not a classic verse by him. It's not his verse on Sicko Mode. Um, it's not any of that. So yeah, I think if you if you if you put it next to sicko mode, I, I definitely think sicko mode blows it out of the water in terms Absolutely. of his verse on there. Absolutely. You know, I'm interested because it seems like push is gearing up for new music here. I'm interested what his retort is, if he's going to take it all the way to 12. Cause you know, he came in with Pharrell. That's, mm. that's family. So I'm really interested to see how that yeah. escalates. Pusha is known to take it to 12. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, maybe we get another Drake. I, push I think beat, that's where we're heading. Know? I think that's where we're heading. And it's weird. Cause I wouldn't go ahead. Go ahead. I wouldn't be I'd mad love, with that. I wouldn't I'd be mad with we that need at all. More of that in hip hop, and it's weird because Drake. Oh yeah, there's not enough of that. One hundred percent correct. I feel like Drake keeps poking the bear. I don't know if he really wants that with push because I mean we saw what happened the first time. Drake will survive it no matter what. He's got such a good following, but yeah, man, we need that. And push for sure ain't gonna back down. It's weird that Kanye was the subject of the last one, and then now this is seems just like pure old fashioned hate, which I love. So yeah, I think by the time we get to October, you know, once yeah. football season's right in the swing of things, I think we'll be in a heated beef between these two, for sure. I think so. You give it some. I agree with that. You give it some time to brew, and uh, I think I think really all it takes for for it to really just go off is for push just to. Maybe not even a whole diss track if he just sneaks in one or two bars and, and, and a guest feature or something, you know, or maybe in a song of his own. Then I really think that's all it takes. Um, I don't. I agree with you though. I don't know if Drake really wants that. I don't know if Drake can go bar for bar with Push. I, I don't agree with that. Know. I would agree with that. Like that. See, it's interesting. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of 
Go ahead. I'll let you finish. My fault. My fault. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I'm just saying, I just don't think he wants it. I, I just, I, I think, I think he might get burned on that one. You brought up an interesting topic that seems to be frequent whenever me and Keenan talk about music or we have someone else on and we're talking Drake is you think his quality of music fell off. See, which I kind of agree with. I think, I think like, mm-hmm. like we said with Travis, his construction of this album, I don't think we've seen Drake take an album that serious by himself for quite some time. Now, I think, I don't know how you feel, but Her Loss with 21, yeah. I feel like that's a great album. I feel like they're in synergy. I feel like that's some of Drake's best rapping, uh, period, throughout his whole career. But I don't feel like he makes that kind of music by himself. I do. Know? By himself, I don't think we've gotten that quality. He doesn't. He doesn't. I Honestly, like the last Drake album, Solo, I loved Her Loss, like. I loved it. Um, I still still listen to it very heavily. Uh, I agree. I, I think they pair up real nice on every single track. Um, I don't think they can make bad music together. But in terms of him solo, I think the last album that I can sit here and say that I enjoyed from track one to track whatever it be would be probably Views. Okay. I think because... You know, it's that's seven years ago. You know, he had, um, yeah, that's that's 2015, 2016. Um, you know, and he's, he's had good songs on the, um, on the, you know, the past couple albums he's dropped, but there's also like a lot of like tracks where I kind of feel like, all right, he really just threw it on here just like, just to see if it would mm-hmm. stick or like maybe, you know, maybe just to get a couple extra tracks in there. Um, but I think since then, um, and what was it? The, uh, the I forget what the name of it was. It was in 2017. I actually more did life. like that one. Um, I don't remember what the name of it was. Yeah, more life. It's one of my more lights. That that one I liked, and then I I can actually say after that that's where it kind of like where it's where it kind of started, you know, tailing off in terms of his quality. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And you know, with Drake, I mentioned this with Keenan. On his albums, even if they don't flow, like, uh, the fuck was his last one? Certified Lover Boy, uh, before her loss, his last solo. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that album flows together at all. I think exactly what you just said, like how we just throw shit together. I think that album's full of that. I feel like, I feel like the yeah. girls love girls. I feel like that could have just been a baby track. You know, Drake didn't even need to be on it. That being said, he still yeah. got that, uh, like In Too Deep, all those, like, those are still eight out of 10, nine out of 10 type Drake tracks. They just don't yeah. seem so out of place on the album kind mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, he's such a good artist. You're still going to get high quality tracks, but the albums altogether might not be like Utopia. Uh, let me ask you out of all the features. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was no, going to say ahead. out of all the features, what's your favorite? And then I want to add to that. what do you think of the Beyonce feature? Mm, a favorite on the album. I mean, you did mention James Blake. Mm. That might be, I might have buried it there. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, like, I, I think it's got to be James Blake or 21 Savage until further notice. Um, love the West Side Gun feature, but I think in terms of like music that appeals to me the most, I love 21 Savage. Um, I've always been a huge fan of his. 
Um, it's it's got to be got to be Blake or Twenty One Savage. I mean, just because of the fact that they both fit into that song so well, um, I think I'd probably throw West Side Gun. Probably West Side Gun is definitely up there too, um, and you know, top three. But I think I think I'm gonna go with Twenty One Savage on this until mm-hmm. further notice. That's probably going to be my favorite verse. Um, as far as Beyonce, I, I like the Beyonce on Echoes. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of like a little bit of a different track, but I did enjoy it. Like, it, it, I thought it was, a, thought it was. A it's good definitely track. one of the Yeezus inspired tracks for sure. Uh, I do, gen- I, oh yeah, I do genuinely oh, yeah. wonder because of Mike Dean's involvement on this album. I believe he executive produced it. I wonder. How much of these were actually Kanye leftovers? Like, were these Kanye tracks at one point, whether it's Donda, whether it's Yeezus, like, were they? Uh, Because the sound is uncanny. You know, I mean, you can't, what is it? What's what's track three? Where's my phone at? Like, uh, the fuck is it? A few ones. The Beyonce one for sure. Uh, What else we got here? My Eyes, that could be... Um. I'd say the Kid Cudi Kid track. Cudi one, Modern Jam. That's the one that definitely sounds like a Yeezus track. Like there's the handprints of Kanye are all over this album. It's oh, yeah. incredible. Um, I would agree with you. I think 21 wins this album. He bodied each feature he was on. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for how much he's improved his rapping oh, yeah. ability since he first came out. Um, so for me, he wins the album. I would agree with, yeah. I would agree I agree, with you, though. I agree. James Blake, like the more I'm thinking about it, like him and Travis are just so in tune together. Like they kind of like how Kanye and Ty Dolla. I feel like Kanye yeah. and Dolla do a lot of good music together. Like, mm-hmm. and they should do more. Like they could do a collab album. Now that you mentioned it, Travis and James Blake could definitely yeah. do a collab album. And I'd listen to that shit. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'll give Travis this, whether it's him or Mike Dean, who like did more of the features or reaching out. I don't know, but he's got a really good ear for who would fit where. Cause I don't really particularly like the Beyonce track. But she fits on it. Um, yeah. I never thought SZA would have fit on a track like that, but she does. Um, he threw Young Thug on it, so that I mean, and she, yeah, um, she did. Like everybody fits on this album. Nobody really sounds out of place. Maybe with the exception of Car T, but it's a dark enough sound to where it fits to me. Um, but yeah, I would say Twenty One won the album. Yeah, to where he doesn't, you know. Yeah, it doesn't sound like crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I love. Like I said, I love Twenty One. I do agree with that though. Twenty. 21's like came a long way as an artist like from when he first came on the scene with um what was it Savage Mode Savage Mode and then Slaughter King was the album he dropped before that but he's he's definitely came a long way as an artist like, underrated sure. is the collab album he did with uh was it Offset early on yeah underrated and then he did a uh no Offset was um was uh the Metro Boomin album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Without Warning, I believe, right? What was the name of that album? It came out in like twenty Yeah, Without Warning. Yeah, Without Rainbow. Warning. Yep. Yeah, twenty one offset yeah, Metro Boomin. Yeah. Collab album with Metro. I love that album. So give me I love that album. That album's got a few songs that I Absolutely. That's got some heat on it. Give me some underrated artists in your opinion that do not get enough shine today. terms of just artists, artists in general. general. Rap could be R&B, could be anything. Uh, so the 
I think the first person that that comes to my mind, and I'm a huge fan of them, is is J, mm. you know, JID. Um, I love I love his music, and I feel I feel like he should be a bigger artist than what he is right he now. Like I genuinely do. Like he, he, yeah, he, he doesn't like to me at least. He doesn't put mm. out bad music. Like I can't think of a song that I hate that he's made or that he's been featured on. Um, obviously 21 Savage, 21 Savage is another one. Um, I feel like, I feel like you still have those people that are like, Oh, you know, he's, he's just more of a, more of like a trap artist, you know? And he's, he's definitely not now, you know, five years ago. Yeah. You can say that, but now like, I don't think you can show that at all because he's, he's so versatile. You can put him, you can put him on. I mean, hell, he did a track with Summer Walker, um, you know, five, six years ago, he's not doing that shit. You know, so I, I think Twenty One's another one, um, and then I mean, there's a there's a whole I've got a whole list. Um, I like a lot of a lot of my East Coast rappers. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Benny the Butcher, um, Jim Jones. Um, I mean, there's there's a ton of people that that I think are that don't, that don't get you know. The love that they deserve, but I think you know, I think Jid and, and Twenty One Savage would definitely like. Who's an there. artist that comes on? Someone plays it in the car. Someone plays it at the house, and you're like, "Cut this shit the fuck off! I do not want to hear it. I don't care how popular this artist is. I don't care. I don't care how not popular this artist is. I don't care that I haven't heard him much. Mm-hmm. Get him the fuck <laughs> off my playlist. Like, who? Give me an artist. So, it's gonna be one of them. Like I said earlier, play their party. Um, <laughs> Unless it's unless it's Dialit, Dialit, he's got the song with you know with Uzi and you know he's got he's got a couple of songs on there with Nudie, um, New, Young Nudie. That's the other one I forgot about. Young Nudie is another guy that I feel like I'd agree with that. Underrated. I'd agree with that. I love Young Nudie. I love. I don't Young listen Nudie. to a ton of him, but he's one that like everything I do here sounds like heat. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely agree. He's got some. I've listened to every project he's put out. Um, he's got a song with 21 Savage, Peaches and Eggplants, which is an absolute, I love that song. It's an absolute banger. Um, it's actually it's actually one of Nudie's more popular songs. And I think it, it came out, I think, first of the year or so. Um, but he's he's definitely underrated. Um, but yeah, Playboy Cardi. Playboy Cardi, like anything other than Dial It, like that shit's got to fucking go. Like, do not get in my vehicle and play a whole lot of Red because... Your, yeah, your phone's gonna go out the window, you know. Um, I remember, I remember Playboy. when the album dropped. I'm like, look, there's a lot of hype around it. Let me listen to it, and I could not make it to track five. Just, it just sounded like a bunch <laughs> of sounds, like it really did. And like you said, on top of his like moaning or sounding like a fucking cat, like he tends to on these tracks. Uh, it was, it was too, too much. fucking it was much. Too much. And like you said. It's disappointing because yes. he's like he's capable. Like he's definitely got a weird sound and off putting sound even, even his early music. But he made mm-hmm. he found a way to make that shit work. Uh much you know, much like yeah. Travis in this album. It sounds like a lot when you first listen to it, especially the Yeezus inspired tracks, but it works. He's got you know, the production's great, but yeah, man, a whole lot of red just sounds like a bunch of noise, really. That was like he could have left that shit in the ball. I mean, really seriously. Did. He could have just just lock it away and put it away for I don't good. know who that album was for exactly, but so wait, how do you feel 
on that topic then, how do you feel about Uzi's latest release? Because that's, I think, the highest selling, highest streamed hip-hop album, if you even want to call it a hip-hop album, of the year. Of yeah, the year. I um, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Um, in terms of, like, I always, I, you know, I, I understand, you know, artists evolve and stuff like that. But what I like to do is I like to go back and compare it to, like, other projects they've released. Um, it just, in terms of, um, what is it, Love is Rage and then, you know, Uzi vs. The World, you know, one and two. It, it, I thought it was a little little subpar compared to those. There, there Again, there were some songs that I liked off of it, but it wasn't one of those albums where I sat there and like, I could listen to it over and over again. Like I gave it, I gave it one, maybe two pastors. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm kind of done. And it's this. a lot of tracks too. I believe it's over 20 tracks. Correct. Excuse me. Yeah. I think it's, it's like 20 close to 25. I think there might be 24. That's insane. I want to say that's insane. It's, it's, it's I didn't there. listen to it all the way through. I did hear stuff that sounded like he honestly, Oh, and then I heard tracks that are like very rock inspired, which fits like he's definitely a, a artist that's inspired by mm-hmm. rock. But some of it sounded like way the fuck out there. Uh, not saying maybe on a different, yeah. in a different yeah. setting, it might not sound good. But to me, just to my ear, I'm like kind of like the car shit. Like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. You know, it's a lot of noise kind of thing. But in general, I yeah, did like- the eight to ten tracks that I listened to. I heard some stuff that was all right, but I haven't gave it a true honest listen. So maybe I got to get to that sometime here before the summer ends. Yeah. I feel like I could, I feel like I could do the same, but like, like I said, kind of like the, the first, the first skip through I did, I, I kind of like the first, I think the first five or six tracks, I was like, all right, there was two that I liked. And normally when I get, you know, six, seven, eight tracks deep into an album, I can kind of tell if mm-hmm. I'm going to like it or not. And I kind of like started skipping around. I'm going based off the song titles. I'm like, all right, based off of Uzi, like what do I think is going to sound good? And more often than not, I'm, you know, I'm playing it, you know, and I get like the rock vibes and stuff. And then I'm like, all right, like that's not, that's not doing it for me, you know? So then I'm like, all right, next song. And then eventually I got the point where I'm like, all right, there's too many damn songs on here. I'm not going to sit here for three hours and and Mm -hmm. listen to this shit. I feel that. (laughs) I feel you there. I feel you there. So let me ask you, as an avid music listener, what's your process when you listen to albums? Do you have a specific mm-hmm. process? For example, like I kind of told you, like with Utopia, I listened to it on my phone, skimmed through it. If I don't have time, I'll skim mm-hmm. through like 10 seconds of each album or each song, see what I might like, see how I feel like through because you can't get a grip for anything in 10 seconds, really, unless you really love it. So my first yeah, skim no. through, I'm like, what the hell is this kind of thing? Like, uh, it sounds like a lot of noise. Then I'll listen to it in my car. If it's something I really want to listen mm-hmm. to, I'll listen to it all the way through in my car. Then I'll listen to it on my speaker at my house. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like after two or three listens, I put it on shuffle and see if I like it just as much on shuffle as I do like, you know, tracks one through whatever. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I definitely, I agree with that. I, I kind of do some mm-hmm. of the same, um, I normally start off if, if I'm at home. Normally, I throw my earbuds in and I kind of I'll start on track one. But I agree with the whole listening in the car thing. For me, like if I'm really gonna like an album, I gotta be able Absolutely. to listen to it in my car. If I can't listen to it in my car, then it's it's not gonna work. One hundred percent at all. And then 
Bluetooth speaker, I agree with that too. I'll turn on my Bluetooth speaker when I get home and I'll play, you know, Madden 2K or whatever. And I just sit there and listen to it. And I'm listening, you know, for the beats. Like, I think, I think other than lyrics, I think the beat is probably the most important thing for the song. Because if the beat don't grab me, then then chances are I'm not going to like the song. I'd agree with you there 100%. Uh, I completely then, listen to the music more than the lyrics. And shuffle. Yeah. Like, uh, so where do you think, where do you think in terms of Travis's projects, where do you think this ranks at between, you know, between Astroworld, Birds, um, you know, Rodeo? I've thought of this a lot. It's tough because I think all four of those projects that you named are all quality. I think, gun to my head, I think Astroworld's mm-hmm. the best. Like, I think that's the best music track one to track, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Birds, Birds in the Trap is probably my favorite. I just remember vividly when I heard it, mm-hmm. what tracks I liked immediately, da da da. I don't think it's necessarily good as as good as Astral World, but I think that's my favorite. Number two would be Astral World for me as far as favorites. Uh, three would probably be this album, Utopia. Mm-hmm. And then four is Rodeo, which is crazy because mm-hmm. Rodeo, damn, I don't know. See, when you put it like that, it's very hard to rank them. I think this was. I think going back and forth. I mean, I I would say this. Like, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I would say this. I think, as far as like the work he put into them, I would say one and two in some order are Utopia and Astral World because the production on both of those albums is insane, and the production is great on all the albums, but specifically those two, they sound fucking incredible. Like, the first time I heard Astral World. It was like an experience, you know what I mean? Like similar to this, but he really took you to Astral World. It felt like you know you feel you feel like you're in space when you listen to that album. Um, yeah, man, it's yeah. really that's it's hard to rank them because those are four quality albums, and when you put it like that, honestly, like that that puts Travis in such a different sphere when it comes to his era of music, because uh, you know he's yeah. he's still kind of he came a couple years after Drake and Cole. But he's still in that era, you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of puts him in the upper, upper echelon, which he already was, but I might sound crazy for saying this. I think it kind of catapults him. Yeah, yeah it more. almost puts him in the Kanye sphere. Not in the level of artist, but the fact that he put out four yeah. undeniable quality of works. With Rodeo, then into Birds in the Trap. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I do agree with that. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a crazy statement at all, because the thing is like, I mean, how many artists can you really sit here and say like, okay, they put out four quality projects that you can sit there and listen to, you know, from track one to track, whatever, or, you know, 85, 90% of the tracks. And then it has, you know, a, a replayable effect to it where you can come back. I mean, cause, cause like you said, like Rodeo, like that's a great album. That was what, 2015. And there's songs that, I guarantee that probably you and I both listen to still, and here we are, you know, seven, eight years later. Same thing with Astroworld. Astroworld's, what, four years old now, and same thing. It's got the replayability to it. And when you put it like that... And I think, I think this album... No, go ahead, go hmm. ahead. Okay, I think, uh, I think this album is, is gonna have, I think there's tracks on here that definitely I'll see myself, you know, four or five years from now still listening to, like, bumping 
pretty heavily that are still going to be in the rotation. I'd agree with that. I think what's different about this album maybe to the other ones is you almost have to listen to this album all the way through to get the whole vision of it. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I know is one of the only ones, and maybe K-pop, I feel like there's only a you know a short number of tracks on this album that you can really just throw on and not just be like, okay, what the fuck did I just listen to? Like, if you had a group of people over, you know what I mean? There's a few tracks like that. Whereas if you listen yeah. to it all the way through... The song before it might make sense. The song after it might make sense. Uh, Topia Twins, you could definitely play by itself. And Meltdown, you could play by itself. But, you know, totality, I think you Mm -hmm. almost have to listen to this album all the way through. Whereas the other three, you don't. You can, you know, you can play those on shuffle. Mm -hmm. And it sounds great. And this one sounds great on shuffle too, but maybe a little out of place just with some other songs on there. The length of them and, you know, if there's talking in between, whatever, whatever. Um but man, when you put it like that, you said like all four of these albums, not many skips on any of the four. That's hard, that's hard to do. That's it's hard to do for me. any artist where you got four four yep. albums that are 15 plus tracks and you have low skippability on all four albums. Yeah, that puts you in a different type of tier because there's not many artists. That's <laughs> difficult, difficult to do. To do. I never really thought of that. And it's, that's very difficult. I never really. And the only, so the only reason that I brought up between the four albums, a buddy of mine who, uh, he lives out in California. He's a big Travis Scott fan too. He hit me up. Was it yesterday? He, um, he told me, he's like, all right. He's like, I want the whole weekend. I'm going to listen to it. You know, I'm going to give you my opinion on Monday morning. So he texted me yesterday and he's like, all right. He's like, you know, my final decisions. And he's like, I love the album. So he asked me, he's like, all right. He's like, what do you think is the best album? And that's when my gears started turning because I'm like, damn, like, those are four really fucking great albums. Like, it is, it's damn near difficult or impossible to pick between those four because they're all good. They're all great. They're all great. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Man, it would be hard for me to pick between, like, the more I'm thinking about it, between Astro World and Birds in the Trap. And then I feel like Rodeo's just got so many classics on that album. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pick. It's definitely hard to pick. We sh- shit. So off of <laughs> that, give me some of your favorite projects of 2023 so far. Okay. Um let's see. Let me go on my uh my catalog that I go off the screen. Um so obviously it's Travis. Um let's see who else is who else has dropped this year for me, uh go over here in my Apple Music real quick. Um, definitely Travis. Um, man, there's so many that off the top of my head, I'm like, I'm having difficulty remembering who else dropped this shit because there's so I much music. There. Um, let's see. I'll give you one of mine. I'm looking right now on my This library. dropped at the very top of mm-hmm. the year, and that's Cold Boy 6. French Montana, uh, mainly okay. because it sounded very much like the old Cold Boy mixtapes. Did not give me an album feel at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly what I want to hear out of French, who, by the way, you want to talk about someone who's mm-hmm. grown as an artist. French Montana does not get enough credit for that. French I believe, Montana has. As far as rapping, yeah. as far as song making, all that. Um, so that's one that I was listening to heavy from January, probably up until... Mm-hmm. March, honestly. I haven't really gone back to it this summer. It's more winter music. 
but that's one of my mm-hmm. favorites so far. And like you said, it is kind of hard to go back and see what's dropped this year and what you have and have not listened to. Because there's a lot of music. That's like I'm sitting here right now scrolling through and I'm looking and I'm like, well, there's there, – I mean, there's a ton of stuff. There I mean, is. there really is. Oh, I like the uh, oh, the Catronada and Amin, or Amina, however you say it. That's a good album. Yeah, that's got solid music. All yeah, the way, Kate, all that's the way a good through. album. Um, I like sitting here right now. There was a lot of like, I will say the one thing about this year, like there was a lot of big artists that dropped, like Moneybag Yo, Great. Lil Durk Damn. dropped. I don't really, I didn't really, I didn't really listen to the Lil Durk album like all the way through. Um, the Moneybag Yo album, hard to love, kind of same thing. Like there was some, there were some loose cuts on there that I liked, um, but nothing crazy. Um, what else is there? I'll give you another one. It just dropped two weeks ago now, uh, maybe three weeks ago. Uh, it's a Dave East album. Fortune favors the, the bold. That's a great mm-hmm. album. A great production. You can always. You can I always like count on rapping when it comes to Dave East. And uh, I don't know. I feel like, much like I said about Travis, how serious he took it, I feel like this is Dave's most serious album. Uh, whether it's better than all of his albums, I think he's been pretty consistent and has remained underrated. We talked about underrated artists earlier. Dave East is definitely one. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a great project. I completely forgot Moneybag dropped. He dropped only, what, about a month ago, two months ago? It was not long ago. Like a, yeah, about a yeah, about a month, I'd say probably about a month yeah, and a half, two and months I ago. remember I skimmed through it, and there was shit that, I like, like on there. So now I feel like I really got to go back and play that, because that's perfect summer music, perfect ball music. Um, I remember he's got a track with Future on there that I like. Uh, I agree with you. I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling Dirk's album mm-hmm. as much. Uh, I'm not, maybe this is an unpopular, I definitely was an unpopular opinion. I didn't really go with the Dirk wave, because there was two, three years there where he was like, the hottest thing smoking, it seemed like, and Moneybag. Moneybag's had been on a big run, too, these last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Dirk almost seems... Dirk kind of falls into that category for me, and Lil Baby's kind of falling into this category for me, where a lot of their music sounds too much alike to me. Not that it's bad music at all, because it's not. I think they put out quality music, but I feel like... Yeah, I feel like it's repetitive. Yep. You feel that way as well when you listen to someone like Dirk? Yep. I agree with that because like even even so like I have a lot of Dirk stuff when he was when he was like relatively kind of like underground like when the Chicago rap scene was like sure. really popping off and like I listened to some of his shit from like 2014 or 2015 like the um there was an album he dropped I think it was 2015 I think I was in high school at the point it was the one where he had that song with Jeremiah yeah. uh, yeah, yep. like yep. me and I went back through and I'm like, all right, he had a song on there with Logic as well too, which I, that was one of the songs that I, it's one of my favorite Dirk songs. And I went back through and kind of listened to some of that shit from 14 to 15 and compared to now. And you've got a seven, eight year time span where a lot of his shit, like you said, does sound the fucking same. And it's like, there's no, there's no evolution to his music. And you music. feel that way about, you, know, you feel that same, way about 2015 like, music? I guess. You feel like he was still doing that kind of melodic I don't want to say trap, but that melodic, like, gangster sound. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. 
and even with Lil Baby too. Lil Baby, I agree with that too. Lil Baby's kind of like one of those artists where I liked him when he first came out, and now it's like, all right, like, kind of getting a little tired. You saying Lil Baby? That reminds me. Like, cause his so shit. Gunna's project I really liked. Gunna dropped a few weeks back. I think the same weekend as Money Bag Yo. Actually, I think I remember it preceded a big project, and maybe that's why I didn't listen to it as much. I but I really liked Gunna's album that he put out and he showed growth on that one he wasn't doing as much of his uh like he did like he tends to sound like young thug which is why they make great music together thug and gunna uh but this last album he's he's more he's mm-hmm. rapping he's really you know trying to get his story across of what he went through the last year year and a half um so i was impressed with that one that's one of my more i think he definitely like separated himself from thug with that i agree i agree and baby a little bit just the way you know, you talk about we mentioned like how Drake yeah, kind of yeah. sounds unmotivated. I think Lil Baby sounds unmotivated with a lot of these these tracks he's put out because he's been putting out. He dropped what the end of last year he dropped, I believe, or maybe it was even last summer, and he's put out like yep. four or five Lucy's since then. And if you played them all for me back to back to back, I probably wouldn't know the difference between mm-hmm. them, honestly. Yeah, and. To piggyback off that too, another artist that actually just popped up in my head, kind of like another, kind of like, you know, a little baby type is Roddy Rich. Like Roddy Rich is another guy where it's like, like a lot of his stuff kind of is starting to sound a little on the repetitive side. I can agree with that. He's put out some good music though. Not that baby hasn't, but yeah, you're right. It can still be good and still be repetitive. Yeah. Roddy does have a mm-hmm. kind of signature sound to him. Uh, and yeah, baby just seems to keep going with this like speed rap song like yeah. singy songy hook kind of like whoa it almost seems like he's yes. trying to catch that whoa track again when he doesn't need to because he's a super talented artist like i feel like the level he could go up to like people were yeah. comparing him to lil wayne two years ago which i think is fucking insane i think that's absolutely insane uh but yeah I remember yeah that like shit. that's just that's disrespectful to wheezy no offense to little baby but and baby can rap too, but i just yeah. feel like there's more of him as an artist that he hasn't reached yet and who knows, maybe within a year or two years, maybe he'll reach that. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I mean, that happens with artists just like it happens with uh, with oh, athletes. You know, you get the money. Sometimes your soul kind of leaves, you know, what originally brought you to the game. So we'll keep it. We'll keep it moving for right now. Yeah. We'll keep it moving yeah. for right now because I do have some sports questions for later. But uh, let me ask you on the R&B tip. Mm-hmm. Who, who's catching your ear when it comes to R&B, whether it's, Male R&B, female R&B, who are some of your favorites? So, I actually, I've been big into R&B. I, you, you know, I, I've definitely talked to you about this. Um, I think I've probably shown you a couple of songs, too. I've been big into R&B the past, I'd say probably the past year or two. Um, I'm kind of kind of branching out on that. I've been listening to a lot of that. And there's a, there's a couple guys that, a couple guys that I really like. One of them is uh, Tone Stiff. Uh, I think he makes great R&B music. He's kind of got like a older, kind of gives you like the '90s mm-hmm. R&B vibe. Because uh, '90s R&B, I like um, Day. Day is good. Day's underrated. So that's another one yeah, I got to check I, out because they came out they, with an album earlier this year. That I downloaded, but new, I did not listen to New Moon. I got to listen. I love. I love that good album. No. I love that album on there. That that album, I actually totally forgot about that. I'm glad you said that because when that came out, I don't remember if that dropped the same time other big projects did, but 
think that was the first project that I listened to. It was earlier to. on. It was that I want to say it was and I want to say it was it. like winter end of winter maybe area, but yeah, I want to say that was a good 3 4 months ago maybe. But yeah, no, I got to listen to that. I got to listen to that. They, no, I think that was Definitely a good project. Definitely a good project. Um, I like Division. I know Division. Division's not really you know under the radar anymore. You know or underrated, but I think Division is is probably one of the uh, one of the better R and B acts that that you know that exists now. I actually hated uh, on Division for a good part uh, of their existence and then, up until the last album they dropped, which was I believe the end of last year. I really like that album. Uh, the last album mm-hmm. they dropped. And actually, I like the collab album with Ty Dolla, but I'm a big Dolla fan. Um, but before that, with before Ty that, Dolla I truly time. thought Division yep. was underrated or overrated. Sorry. I truly thought they were overrated. I didn't get the hype. I didn't really? like the vibe. I didn't feel like his voice, the lead singer there, I didn't feel like it fit the vibe because they're technically a duo, correct? Yeah, they're technically a duo. I think he does. I think he does all the vocals, though. I think the uh, the other cat does all the uh, all the producing. Got you, got stuff. you. Yeah, I'd never thought his voice fit the vibe. Yeah, but I really, I don't know the name of the last album, but I listened to that heavy towards the end of last year, and it really grew on me. I actually got to go back to that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, they grew on me. I'll give him that. I'll give him that because I think I even said on this podcast when it came out that. If it didn't meet my expectations, then I was just going to give up on Division completely. Because there's people in my life who, like, fucking love Division, mm-hmm. who are like, nah, they, this, that. And I'm like, uh, I don't see it. But no, I definitely fuck with the last album. Yeah, I definitely, I've, I've liked them since, since uh, I think it was 2015, where they released mm-hmm. their first album. I I think Drake. I think Drake was the one to put him on. I think on Faithful when he did that. Uh, when he did that Pimp C um, sample off of uh, off of Views, where he had um, where he had Amber Rose on the <laughs> intro. Yeah, yeah. I think that was kind of when. I think that was kind of when Division first. I, I could be wrong, but I think that was kind of when they first kind of really like started started gaining some momentum. Was because well, of said, that Drake. And I think they're from Toronto. And I think they. Like I said, I could be wrong. Think so, and then I think that's when they put out that first album, and they had a couple a couple loose ones on there that I liked, and then they, I think in twenty seventeen they dropped another one. I think it's called Morning After or something, and then you know a couple couple ones here and there, and then um, they um, they did the um, the remake of Nice of, of uh, shit of uh, Usher's Nice yep. and Slow. They'd sampled that, and that was another that was song decent. that I loved. With um, what's uh, what's that girl's name? Uh, Snow Allegra. Snow good. Allegra. Snow just dropped a And then the joint album with Todd Allison. That was good. She did. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I want to say it might have even been last week with Travis. I'll have to check that one out because I do been that. the same week as Travis. In post. Really? Oh shit. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize, like I told you earlier, I didn't even realize that Post Malone had dropped. I yeah, really I actually, because we briefly talked about Post before we got on. I actually listened to that or skimmed through it really before I mm-hmm. uh, before I listened to Travis's album or before I skimmed through Travis's album, I should say. Um, 
I kind of knew what direction he was going to go in because it seems mm-hmm. like his last couple projects he's been leaning towards rock more. But uh, he seems like he's such a versatile artist mm-hmm. that there's still stuff I could that would appeal to me, even though I don't really listen to that style, which is true because I put a couple in a specific playlist and it it worked. You know, um, it's probably not a album I'll yeah. listen to one through yeah. fifteen or whatever it is, but. There's definitely some good songs on there. He's definitely a talented artist. He's definitely an upper echelon artist as far as someone who's going to put effort to a project. Um, but I'm definitely not listening to him maybe like I was those first two, which were definitely more hip-hop and R&B themed. Um, he's ventured away from that. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, he yeah. still has a capability about of putting good music out. But it's definitely far off from what the Post Malone we were introduced to. So. Yeah, that's that's. I think it's a far cry from what was it, Stony? Mm-hmm. I think with uh, when he had the uh, the song with uh, was it Justin Bieber, Deja Vu, and then had the song with uh, Two Chains Money made me do it. That was that was a great album. So it's definitely it's definitely far cry from that. Uh, but I do agree though. Post Malone's definitely talented enough to where I think he's going to make music, and I think. The music that he makes is going to appeal to a certain certain crowd of people, whether it's your hip hop community, you know, pop community, whatever it is. I think I think he's going to have a strong fan base no matter what he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, One more question for you on the R&B tip before I branch into sports. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking R&B here very soon. What's your opinion on the career arc Mm -hmm. of the weekend? It's actually crazy that you brought that up because a buddy of mine, we were having the same conversation probably about a month ago or so. Um, that's a t- that's honestly a tough one for me because of the fact that like I feel like I feel like he kind of like went away from his roots. Um, like I I just don't really the, the last couple of projects like Don FM like Don FM was was I think it was okay to good but it wasn't great compared to like you know beauty behind the madness and and even you know his stuff wicked games you know all that um in my mind and just my personal opinion i think he kind of like i think he kind of went downhill a little bit kind of like trajectory wise like with his compared to his earlier stuff and up to like 2016 2017 even you know 2018 with starboy because starboy was kind of like when he really I guess you could say kind of really started changing up like mm-hmm. his music and like mm-hmm. his sound, which I did like Starboy. Um, there is some songs on there where I'm like, all right, like skip this shit. Like I'm not listening to it, but I think that's when he kind of like really started changing. And then from there, I was kind of like, all right, like I wasn't really rocking with it at that point. Like after that, like I still do like the weekend still, that's one of my favorite artists, but like his, his latest couple albums are more so one of, like I'm like, all right, like there's a couple songs on there that I really fuck with, and then there's some songs like, all right, like get this shit off. Like I'm not fucking. It's definitely for a specific setting. It's definitely '80s up tempo inspired. Uh, it's definitely different to say the least, and it's a it's hard yeah. for me to listen to because that's just not what I normally listen to, obviously. So I get what you're saying, and yeah, I, I, I agree. completely agree with you. Probably around the late 2010s is where it really started to change for him. It's crazy because he's like. He's on the level of a 
of a Bad Bunny or a Drake as far as popularity. Like when he, it's he could drop shit and it's still gonna yeah. get played all over. And I don't think I might not like the music, but I think it's still quality music. I think he's still putting effort in. But like you said, where he was 2011, 2012, the type of music he was dropping, uh, I never. If you would have told me in 2011 that he was dropping. Now. 80s inspired music that's up tempo. I never would have guessed that. Um, that being said, he did his thing on Travis's album. I agree but, on that. I agree. Yeah, I never would have guessed. I never would have guessed with him. Um, but yeah, a little preview here. We'll be doing an R&B heavy podcast this Thursday, featuring Brandon Petty with a couple other guests. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait to can't wait to get mm-hmm. into that. Um, oh yeah. I'm anything more that. you want to touch on for music, or do you want to? transition to sports here um i mean it's up to you we can go hey, to if sports. you got any care. other music questions i'm with it no all right well let's uh yeah like i said I'm, I'm good we've talked a lot of basketball me and you over the last month especially with free agency so mm-hmm. i want to gear it towards more football i want to hear and we'll oh, yeah. probably definitely have you on for football throughout the season, before the season, whichever, whichever. But give me, without mm-hmm. without giving me the totality of it, give me what you think the trajectory of this Jags team, because you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Excuse me, Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Give me what you mm-hmm. think the trajectory of their season is going to be. Do you see them, you know, back in the divisional round? Do you think it's a step back year? Do you think, like, what, what do you think of them and the NFC South in general? AFC South, I should say. I think so. I, I think it's going to be a step forward. I think definitely back in the divisional round. At least, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they if we sneak into the conference, the AFC Conference okay. Championship. Um, I think I think the offense is good enough. I think Calvin Ridley. I think people are really overlooking Calvin up. Ridley, like big time. I, a lot of a lot of people forgetting that what was it two thousand. Was it 2020, 2020 or twenty twenty one? I think he had close to sixteen hundred yards. That was with an injured Julio mm-hmm. Jones too. Um, like the dude's one of the best separators in the NFL, one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's just a he's just a dog. Um, I mean, I can tell you around here in Jacksonville, like a lot of people are excited. Um, I mean, there's hell training camp. Um, training camp on Saturday, Saturday morning at seven forty five in the morning. It was was packed you couldn't even couldn't even sit down at training camp which is which is wild for jacksonville um yeah i definitely think i'm thinking i'm thinking 10 to 12 wins um i don't think the afc south is going to be very competitive um you got two rookie quarterbacks and then another team that's got an aging quarterback and their receivers a lot of questions so i don't think it's going to be super competitive like yeah yeah a lot of question marks they i i think that I wouldn't be surprised if they were the, the worst team, if not the second worst team in the AFC South this year. Uh, that's that's how bad I think their offense. So who do you is. think? Um, who do you think could be wrong? Then, if Jacksonville takes the division, who do you think's the challenger mm-hmm. in the AFC South? See, that's the that's that's the part that I that I wrestle with because it's like, all right, you look at Indianapolis. Indianapolis has Anthony Richardson. Love Anthony Richardson. Huge Gator fan, but. Rookie quarterbacks don't necessarily translate well their first year. Um, Houston, Houston's got C.J. Stroud, same thing. Um, 
but then you go to Tennessee, Tennessee, it's like, all right, is it going to be Ryan Tannehill? Is it going to be Malik Willis? Is it going to be Will Levis? A lot of people are assuming Tannehill, um, you know, if Tannehill gets hurt, then, then who's it going to be? Yeah. You still have Derrick Henry, but in terms of the skill position, you don't really have anybody. I mean, it's, it's Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks was hurt all last year. You don't really know what you have in him. He's definitely not, you know, your Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave type of second-year receivers where they're coming off of a 1,000-yard season, you know, and it's like, all right, we have a bona fide number one receiver. Traylon Burks is like that guy where, like, oh, like, you know, you kind of get a lot of question marks. Like, all right, is he going to be good enough? Like, can you separate consistently in the NFL? Like, what's going on with that? And then Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's only gotten a year older, and eventually he's going to start wearing down, and he's he's – at that age right now where those running backs start to really slow down, you kind of see a decline with, with all their metrics and stats. So I think I think if I had to pick, I I think Indianapolis could be good if 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 they resolve with Jonathan Taylor. If they resolve yeah, the whole he Jonathan just requested Taylor. a trade, that's right. And uh they got some yeah. other drama. Who who the fuck else? They just had someone else the other day. Request or maybe it was just Jonathan Taylor. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. But I feel like someone else. It was Taylor, and then well, they did. They did have that corner that uh, that got suspended. That's for true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, I think it was Isaiah Rogers or somebody got suspended. And they I got a new definitely. coach. They got oh. a lot of question marks over there. I wonder about the Colts organization in general since Andrew Buck left. Uh, they've been pretty successful, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how you fire a guy like Frank Wright. Who, you know, you're you're asking him to play quarterback yeah. roulette each year, and he's leading you to the playoffs or damn near close each year, and you fire that guy. Mm-hmm. That makes me wonder about the stability. Um, how do you feel about DeAndre signing to the Titans? Because you said you feel like they have no skill positions. Do you feel like I, for, I forgot? I did forget about you, that actually. Do you feel like he's washed? I mean, he he had the suspension last year. He missed a lot mm-hmm. of time. He was with one of the worst organizations in the league last year with Arizona. Do you feel like he can revive was Tannehill or yeah. revive anything? Julio went there and died. Like Julio seems like he's done as a as an impact guy. Like it seems like he's yeah. been that way for about three years. Uh, so how do you feel about DeAndre with this team? I think so I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot they signed him. Um, I think DeAndre still got something left in the tank, but the only thing that concerns me is is their defense is going to blanket him. Like they could easily, you know, he's going to see teams number one corners. You know, he's going to see your your Marlon Humphreys, your Sauce Gardeners, all yep. those guys. Um, what concerns me is if teams blanket a safety over that way. Because if they blanket a safety over that way, then I feel like that's really going to slow down Tennessee. And then I also, I don't know if I really trust Ryan Tannehill to consistently be able to get the ball to him. Because I feel like Tannehill has kind of taken a step back the past couple of years, but I mean, I definitely, I definitely think DeAndre Hopkins has something left in the tank. I hope he does. I'm a big DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. fan. Um, he's been one of my favorite receivers in the league for quite some time, pretty much ever since he came in with Houston. Um, but I think things could go south if um, if you don't see Hop from you know two years ago pre-injury, you know, first year in Arizona. Uh, second year in Arizona, even um, I think it could get ugly. But I, like I said, I think he's got something left in the tank. One thing with Tennessee is I think Vrabel is a phenomenal coach. Like I think Vrabel's a top five, oh, yeah. six coach in the league. 
So I feel like he can almost get you eight to 10 wins no matter what and kind of put the fear of God in you. Like if you're like a game or two ahead and you got a late season game at Tennessee, I feel like they could put the fear of God in you guys maybe. Um, but not necessarily, they don't have the all around talent that Jacksonville does. Uh, you mentioned 12 wins for Jacksonville. I don't know if that's a solidified or I think you said 10 to 12 range. So does that, yeah, 10 does to 12. That mean you have Trevor Lawrence in the MVP conversation. I think so. I wouldn't necessarily say, uh, I, I think he could be in the MVP conversation. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't want to say that he's going to be, you know, top three or even top five because of the fact that you've got kind of more established guys, you know, you've got, I think you got Mahomes Burrow and, and Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's the top three off of my head automatically. Um, and then, you know, you, you still got Justin Herbert, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, it seems like is poised for a big passing year. Um, I think there's definitely a world where Trevor Lawrence could be in the MVP race, but I don't really, you know, I, I think there's a lot of talent to where he could easily be outside the top three or even the top five. But I think he does have the talent, and I think we do have the supporting cast to where he could be in the MVP conversation. Or even, I wouldn't necessarily say win an MVP because, you know, it's going to be hard to top what Patrick Mahomes is going to do this year, which is probably another 5,000 yards and, and 45, 50 touchdowns, you know, because that just seems like a given for That's him because he's so damn good. I mean, can't stop the guy. It's insane. It's insane. That's a rational take or opinion, I should say. I would agree with you. I think he's kind of, I think his MVP years are like gunning for MVPs. I think he's like a year or two away from that, depending on how the season goes. I don't see a setback year. I think this will be yeah. his most solidified year because even last year was pretty up and down. Uh, the one thing that he has, which is a quality that, that Burrow has, was. is it doesn't matter what happens to them. They're pretty unflappable. So that's always a good quality to have in your young starting QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year with Urban, Urban Meyer, that was a year from hell, and you didn't hear any complaints from him. You didn't hear any. So that shows his maturity. So you definitely have something with him, whether you're like, you haven't seen the Andrew Luck flashes necessarily, but uh, I mean, obviously you had the comeback in the wild card game, uh, you know, played well even in that divisional game with uh, Casey. So I definitely think there's something there. Uh, let me ask you some general mm-hmm. NFL questions before we get out of here, though. Give me a surprise team and give me a disappointing okay. team that you believe will happen in this upcoming mm-hmm. 2023 NFL season. Okay. Surprise team. Um, man, I, I, I think surprise team could be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I just think they have – I think they have a lot. They, they've got a lot there. Um you know, you've got George Pickens year two. Deontay Johnson's a great receiver. They went out, you know, Allen Robinson is a third, I think, as a third receiver. is about as good as you can get, even if he didn't have a good season in Los Angeles last year. Um, you know, they got, um, what's his name, Pat Fryermuth, and then they went and drafted Darnell Washington. You got Najee Harris. Um, and obviously, you know, the Pittsburgh defense. The Pittsburgh defense is always going to be good enough to keep you in games. Um I think Pittsburgh could be a surprise team this year. Um, and I think let down, um, I think an easy, you know, let down choice is, which has been kind of consistent over the years is the chargers. And I hate to say that because the chargers on paper are so good, but it always feels like they always, they always perform 
extremely low to what their standards are. You know, even even you know last year at the uh, the playoff game, the the wild card game in Jacksonville, I was at there. Oh game. shit! And we were, I think it was the point we were down, we were down twenty eight to was it twenty eight to three, right before halftime or something. And a lot of uh, I was with a group of about ten people. They wanted to leave, and I'm talking to my buddy who lives out on the West Coast, who's a Chargers fan. And he's telling me the whole time, he's like, no, he's like, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow the lead. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's no way. Like, there's no way. And I, I'm i just sitting there and I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's no fucking way that he's sitting here telling me they're going to blow this fucking lead. Like, there's no fucking way. Because what I'd seen from Trevor and from the defense and everything as a whole, I'm like, there's no way. Like, you need a fucking miracle. And, you know, sure enough, when we came from behind and we won the game, you know, he calls me afterwards and he's like, I told you. He's like, I know how this team is. And it just it just seems like they can never stay yeah. healthy. I think that's their biggest problem. If they if they could be healthy, you know, if they kept everybody healthy, then I think that's easily uh I mean they've got too much talent not to be a twelve thirteen team. One hundred percent. I mean easily. Um, and you know what's funny about the injuries? It's crazy, is that even dates back to like late career Phillip Rivers, where they had some really talented teams on offense and defense. And they could just never put it together. They could not yeah. get, you know, six to eight straight weeks of, you know, a healthy core. Uh, so, yeah, they just seem snake bitten for whatever reason. I don't know what yeah. the hell it is with that franchise. I think they need to get their head coach the hell out of there. I think this will be his last year. So are you telling me you think they fall out of the playoff picture completely? I think I, I think yes. If, if the injury bug hits them again, then I think yeah. Um, especially with because I look at their roster, like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are super injury prone, extremely injury prone. Um, Austin Eckler is is a great running back, but you see with running backs, the more usage they get, the more prone they are to injury. And, you know, if God forbid if something were to happen to him, then I think that really stalls their offense. And then, you know, Bosa can't stay healthy. J.C. Jackson can't stay healthy. Derwin James, you know, has always kind of seemed to have the injury bug. Um, yeah, I think I think if you know injuries hit them, um, I, I think they definitely. I, I just don't foresee them being, you know, in playoff contention because I think their division is going to get a little tougher. I think I think Kansas City is going to be good this year. I could see Denver having a bounce back year um, with Sean Payton. That kind of kind of really depends on how Russell performs this year, though. Um, and then, you know, Oakland, Oakland's kind of like that one team of Las Vegas. Um, it's kind of that one team where it's like, I don't really know what to expect of them. You, you know, you got Jimmy G now. I don't really know if, I don't really know if, if, if that is really a move going from Derek Carr to Jimmy G, if that's a move that's going to propel you up or if it's more so like mm-hmm. a neutral move. Um, but I think, you know, I think with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, I think, you know, I think it's a team that's good enough to, to at least compete. They got a ton of talent. Um, I could definitely see them falling out. Um, yeah, they do, especially on defense too. Um, and then, you know, one other team that came to my mind that I could see being like a letdown. I know they weren't really like a contender last year, but I could see Cleveland, you know, being being kind of like a middle of the pack team again. You know, a seven eight win team, especially with how Deshaun Watson played last year. Um, 
you know, if they get the same results last year that they got out of them, then I think it's going to be a long year. Yeah, you got Nick Chubb, you got Amari Cooper. They went and traded for Elijah Moore, but if lots of plays like that, then I really don't think, really don't think you have too much of a They're shot. They're the biggest wild card to me in the entire NFL. Like, I think me and Keenan were talking about it. I saw somewhere a couple weeks ago they were ranked the tenth best team overall in the entire league, which I think is crazy. Uh, they obviously have a lot of talent all around on offense and defense. Yeah. And I do believe Deshaun's going to play better. Uh, but you can't take two years off. Like, I'll give him a – I'll shoot him some bail for last year. He took two years off, came back and played, what, six games? You know, that's a tough task for anybody. Um, yeah, about six But the thing games. about it is their mm-hmm. division's so tough. You mentioned Pittsburgh. That's not even – that's without saying Cincinnati and Baltimore, who are going to be neck and neck for that division. So, I mean yeah. – you're battling just to get to eight, nine wins there. Uh, and that's the thing. There's talent on all four teams. You know, yeah. I don't know. Burrow's out several weeks, so that could be what? That could take him out till week two. He might even be back week one for all we know. If that's the case, if Burrow's there all 18 games, 17 games, mm-hmm. uh, I don't see any world where Baltimore's not fighting for a, a playoff spot so long as Lamar stays healthy. Uh, and, yeah, if Pittsburgh yeah, – if I think it- – I think if Lamar stays healthy with it, – It'd just be tough. And then, you know. Yeah, if, if Lamar stays healthy, Baltimore can... – My fault. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. It is tough. No, you're good. No, I was just saying, if, if I could definitely – if, if Lamar's healthy, I mean, with, you know, if, I think if Odell's healthy too, and then, you know, the rookie Zay Flowers that they drafted, I, I think they, they got Odell. I, I mean, completely forgot about that. hell, they could be a 10-11 win team. I forgot they got Odell. That's, That's crazy. Uh, 10-11 win team and like I said if you get if you're getting Deshaun Watson from last year it's going to be and fun. they probably have the worst coach in the division too which is not to say he's a bad coach but Cleveland I'd say he's I fourth would, out of out of Zach Taylor out of Tomlin out of Harbaugh he's got to be batting fourth out of them four so I agree yeah I don't think there's any way that you can put him over any of those no, guys I really don't much success in the league I don't I don't think yeah, no, you can't. I don't think you can sit here and, and justify one single reason why he should be over them. I mean, that I agree with so, that. On that note, give me a surprise player or a player who's going to make a leap, and give me a player who's going to take a step back. Okay. Um, see, this is where it kind of gets into like the fantasy football stratosphere for me. Um, I definitely. Um, so I, I think one player that's going to take a step back is, and I love him. He's one of my favorite running backs in the league. But I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to take a step back um, in terms of that what hurts. he did last year. And so the reason being, the reason being is because Bill Belichick normally goes with the, you know, I mean, you're a Patriots fan, you know, he, he likes sure. two or three running backs. You know, I think I think Ramondre is going to lose some of that passing down work. And I think he, you know, I think I, I could definitely see where it could kind of be what it was in the beginning of last season, where it was Ramondre and Damian Harris, like where you kind of have two of them sprinkled in. Um, I could definitely, definitely see that. Like I said, I love Ramondre Stevenson. He's one of my favorite running backs. Loved him when he was at Oklahoma. Um, but I, I definitely see regression on that end. So I'm going um, I'm to push back. And then I'm going to push back before you go to your breakout. I think mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think the pass c- catching, I think that's going to take a step back because they got Ty Montgomery back. He should be healthy. I think he sat mm-hmm. out the entire year last year. 
So I think his pass catching will take a step back, but I think he's going to have a big rushing year. I think he's going to get even more of a workload. Mm -hmm. We lost Dame Harris. But like you said, with Belichick, it doesn't really matter who you lose. He's going to sprinkle in three or four backs here and there. But I don't know if you've heard Belichick talk about Mm -hmm. Ramondre, but he talks about him like he's fucking like Lawrence Taylor. Like he loves Ramondre. So I think think it's going to be a very Ramondre-centered offense. I don't know to the level of like when we had Corey Dillon way back in the day, mm-hmm. but I think if there's going to be a shining star out of the offense, it's going to be Ramondre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do see some pass catching taking a step back. Sure. I think we'll have a true third down pass catching back. That being said, he's very effective catching the ball out of the backfield. I thought he improved greatly from year one to year two. No, he is. I definitely, he's definitely a three down. He's a three down running back for sure. Like there's definitely. No knock on him at all talent-wise. I think talent-wise, I think he's, you know, I think I think if he was given the opportunity to, to you know, play all three downs, I think you could probably talk about him with, with some of the best backs in the league up there for sure. Like, I, I definitely think talent-wise, I think, I think he's more than capable of doing it for sure. And then I think, I think breakout-wise, like somebody that I think that's going to break out, like, I kind of like with this stuff, I kind of gravitate towards like skill position because a quarterback it's it's, you know, I feel like quarterback, it's kind of, kind of one of those things where you can kind of really pinpoint like, you know, who's going to break out, who's going to regress a little bit. Um, one of, one of my favorite players, I guess you could say, um, I think, I think Kyle Pitts is due for a bounce back year this year. Like I, 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 I hope think, so. I think he's too good, and the reason being, I think he's too. I hope so. like I think he's too good not to have a bounce back year. People were talking about him like he's a, too damn good, like a Gronkowski type, like a generational type of tight end. You know, he was taken at number four. I mean, he kind of has to. It's kind of yeah. a make or break year with him. Uh, granted, like let's say he had a poor year. Yeah, let's it say is. he it had is. a poor year, and uh, let's say the Falcons move on from him next year. I think you'd have. <laughs> 31 teams lined up to take him. You know what I mean? I think everybody's jumping on his talent. But yeah, man, I mean, his years oh, yeah. were just way too quiet. I had him in fantasy last year. And, it, you know, it's kind of that way with tight end anyway. You kind of take who you get and kind of pray with what you get. But you would have expected, given his talent, even, even with yeah. <laughs> Mariota as his quarterback, you'd figure there'd be a way to get him the ball. And it seems like both years he's been in the league, regardless of quarterback, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I don't know what the reason is. You would think he would have some flashes yeah. by now. I would say what? Maybe he's had four big games in the two years, maybe. I don't think that's crazy to say. It's a it's low a, number yeah. either way. Three, four, yeah. If, if that. If that. If that. I mean, because if you look at his rookie year, like he did put up 1,000 yards his rookie year, but like his touchdown total, I want to say he only had like three or four touchdowns that, you know, it's his insane. rookie year. And then you get to last year and it's, you know, what 400 yards I, I think for the whole year and it's like that like you said he's a generational tight end prospect like there's you got all that talent i mean there's no way that you know i mean you would hope a little bit better quarterback play with desmond ritter this year i mean hopefully i don't think it can get much worse than what marcus Marietta was last year but i i think i do agree i think it's a make or break year for him and i do think I do think he's got the breakout potential. Like he's certainly, I think he's one of the easier if you want to sit and, and you know and pin a, a you know a breakout or a bounce back. I think Kyle Pitts is definitely one of the. I think 
I wouldn't necessarily say safer choices, but one of the more easier sure. choices because of By default, you know, his talent. You know, with him. So, yeah. as we sit here, it's August 1st. I got one more question for you. It's actually going to be an NBA question. And then we'll end with a music question. We started with music, mm-hmm. so we're going to end with music. But we'll get to the NBA first. It's August 1st now. We've had a full month since free agency. Uh, mm-hmm. Who do you think won the offseason for the NBA? Who's your winner? Ooh. Mm. Man, that's, that's a good question. I mean, because there's definitely, there's definitely three or four teams. Um, I like... I like what Houston did, bringing in Van Vliet, and you know they they had a they had a great draft with uh, with Cam Whitmore, um, and then the uh, the other cat they drafted in the top five. I don't remember who it was. Um, I think the Dylan Brooks contract was a little bit of a might be a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, so was it a Sir? Ahmed. It was. I think it might have been was Sir it? Thompson. Ahmed, I mixed Ahmed up. Thompson. See, I I think I don't know. I, yeah, it's one of them. I know they both went what top five, top six. I think, I think that's like the only time in NBA history the two brothers. Yeah, I think they went back to back. Detroit got the other one right after. It seems like there's a lot of wings. I think I think Houston does have like a good There's a lot season. of wings in Houston. That's my only question: is they got a lot of two guards, uh, you know, people at the three that can kind of interchange. Van Vliet's kind of solid at the point. They got Udoka. That's going to be great for them, but. I wonder who edges out and who kind of stays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough to tell with that team, but they definitely improved. You can't say they they definitely are a better team, even without the free agent signings, even with just their draft picks. I think they improved. And then you get Dylan Brooks, who, you know, people people clown him a lot, oh, yeah. but it's still a quality starting wing in the in the NBA. And then Van Vliet, Van Vliet's a great yeah, and he's, a good defensive Absolutely. wing. Yeah, he can play defense. He can play defense. I think. I think Houston. I think Houston for sure. Obviously, you know, I was hoping if Miami would have gotten Damian Lillard by now, you know, then I would have. I probably, you know, being being a Heat fan, you know, with the bias, I probably would have thrown Miami up there. Um, and I like but, their off season even you know, without a, even without the a, big a, acquisition. I like Miami's off season. I like them bringing back Josh Richardson. It definitely definitely been a good good quiet off season. I I love the Josh Richardson move like that. I definitely. I love Josh Richardson when he was here the first go around. I like Thomas Bryan as a backup big, although he doesn't really offer too much defensively. He's better on the offensive end. Um, but I definitely, you know, I like what Boston did. Boston with the with the Porzingis move. Um, I think the Porzingis move makes them a little bit more versatile. Um, yeah, they gave up Marcus Smart, but if you get a healthy Malcolm Brogdon, then you know, I really, I really don't see a drop off there because I mean, Brogdon is is a good you know, defensive guard, and he's also good enough to get you 20 points Absolutely. on any given night. Um, so I, I think it was I think it was one of those classic cases of, you know, addition by subtraction pretty Could much. Could be, as so, long as Brogdon stays healthy. Um, but I think as a whole, like, they, yeah, I think if, if Brogdon and, and Chris Lapp stay healthy, then I think, you know, then definitely, I think they definitely make another play for, for the number one seed, and they might actually, you know, get the number one seed in the East. Um, you know, but there's definitely going to be competition. I mean, a lot of teams definitely got better this like year. Houston would be your number sure one? In the offseason. Um, I think Houston, Houston or um, – I, like I like what Indiana did 
this year or this offseason. Um, let's see. Bruce Brown. I think Bruce Brown's going to be big for them. Um, who else? I like what the Jazz did getting John Collins. I think that was like a sneaky kind of like good under the radar move. Um, I think John Collins is a good, a good four. One. That gives them good size, especially with Laurie. With mm. Laurie running the three. And then you got, I think, Walker Kessler yeah. at center. Now, that's definitely going to be a towering lineup, but it's going to be a lineup that can shoot. Um, it's got a little little bit of guard issues with THT and, you know, all those other guys there. But I think I think Houston probably – I feel like I might be forgetting somebody, but I, I feel like Houston's probably, you know, probably with coach and, you know, draft and then, you know, for agent acquisitions. And then also, too, with Jabari, you know, with Jabari Smith with what sure. he did in the summer league. I think you know that that's kind of kind of a big thing too because if he's going to progress and, and you know take a step forward, then I think that could bode well for them. Um, I don't think they're you know I don't think they're going to be a playoff team by any means. I, I don't think so unless you know you get you know Jalen Green takes a major step forward and Jabari and Singoon and you know. Do you see play guys, in potential? I definitely think they did enough to where they could at least. Do you see play in team potential? I think they could be playing potential. I, I think if. I think so. I think you're, I, I think they can squeak in as like that nine or ten team, like definitely, you know. Because I think, you know, I do like Van Vliet. He is a little bit streaky, um, but I do like him. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is a great defensive guard. Uh, you know, you can throw him out on the wing. Um, I think if Jabari Smith takes the you know next step forward, I could see them as a as you know like that thirty six to to. 41 42 win team that's you know the ninth tenth seed in the play in in the Western mm. Conference. All right, let me ask you this. I could, could could definitely see that. Let me ask you this. January 1st, 2024. Where's Damian Lillard mm-hmm. playing? What team is he on? Mm. I think it's gonna I, I really think it's gonna be Miami. I mean, I seen a report today that I think it was it was either Shams or Woes. One of them put out that uh, I guess Miami upped their offer today, or they were planning to up their offer to three to four first round picks. Tyler Hero facilitated to a third team, and then apparently a young player, which I'm assuming is going to be Jovic or um, or Jaquez Jr. Um, and then a couple of second rounders. But I think I really, I really think I really think who's the thirteen? I just. Mm. I think the third team's going to be either Brooklyn. It seems or Utah. like it would be one of those two with all the picks they have. I, think, I, I mean, me and Keenan had the same exact conversation. I don't think the offer that Miami has just mm-hmm. team for team with Portland. I don't think that's enough. I mean, Portland said as much that it's not enough. And no, Keenan said exactly. the same thing. He thinks a third team eventually comes along, yeah, offers no, but, the picks, and then you know, Hero goes wherever, and then Portland gets a boatload of picks, and then Dame gets to Miami. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think as time goes on, I could see it happening more. But in general, I just think, and you know this too, I think the team that always is the first like main target when it comes to these superstars, it always ends up being another team that sneaks in and grabs them up. Uh, granted, you know we heard Phoenix with Kevin Durant, and he went. There. Yeah, I mean look at look at Bradley Beal. Word. Yeah, Beal. Beal was rumored. For I mean, hell, Miami was the first team to come out mm-hmm. for Bradley Beal. Miami and Philly both. Yeah. And. He ends up in, yeah, in Phoenix. None of us expected that at all. True. All right, so I could 
I could definitely see that. I will say if we don't end up with Lillard, I I do agree. I like the moves, but but I think I don't I don't really know if you want to really kind of you know prey on the fact that catching lightning sure. in the bottle again. I mean, I don't you know I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen again. I mean, Bam definitely took a step forward, but like I think that's one of those things where Pat Riley's got to sit there, you know, with with Mickey Erickson and, and, and all those guys and sit there and say, okay, if we don't get Dame, like, do we think we're good enough as is right now to to get back to the finals, you know, with Boston making major moves, you know, Milwaukee's going to be healthy, um, you know, and even, I mean, hell, even in the Western Conference, I mean, Western Conference, you know, Denver, you know, is, is gearing up again. Um, Los Angeles, Los Angeles got way better Absolutely. this year, I think. That That's actually one of the teams that I forgot about. Um, I just don't know if, if Miami stays the same and keeps the current core. I just don't know if, if they have enough to, to be, you know, another final. Especially losing. Uh, I think if you get Dane, you know, I think it. Losing Gabe, yeah. losing Struz. That's, that's the, because the thing is, like, we've had this discussion before, you know, about Kyle Lowry. Like, I think Kyle Lowry, you know, is, you know, I'm kind of bullish on him with, with his age and, you know, his contract, but. That's as of right now, Kyle Lowry's penciled in, you know, starter point guard. Unless you want to make Hero, you know, the starter at the one, which I, I think he's better suited for for playing at two. But you know, a thirty-seven year old Kyle Lowry—that that's not really somebody that I want to get in twenty-five, thirty minutes a game. Absolutely, you know, not at this point. That that definitely definitely scares me. You know, three four years ago, yeah, sure, but. I think he needs to be getting 15 to 20. I will games. say, if you guys don't get Dame, I do think you guys will bring in somebody. Don't know who that somebody will be. But I think you guys have enough pieces mm-hmm. and enough cachet. You know, you guys made the finals last year. I think y'all will get somebody. Somebody's going to want to go to Miami. Someone's going to ask for a trade. Uh, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a number one guy. It could be a second-tier guy. But that would pair well with Jimmy and Bam and uh, and the coaching of Spolstra. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think they definitely – I think a second guy, I do agree with that. Um, hell, another – you know, a guard that can go out and get his own shot. I'd take – I mean, I, I, I would I would have loved Bradley Beal, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, you know, Zach Levine, I would I would definitely – you know, if, if Dame didn't happen, then I would, you know, maybe call Chicago and just see what they – just kind of a soft inquiry, you know, on what they want for Zach Levine. I do like mm-hmm. Zach Levine. Um uh, there's a couple other guards, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a four, maybe, a, you know, a four or a five to, to play next to Bam. I think if you got a big, like a play next to Bam, I think that would benefit, you know, I think that would benefit the team as a whole, especially with Bam not necessarily being able to stretch the floor. And then we all know that, you know, Jimmy's not the greatest three point mm-hmm. shooter himself. Um, and maybe that could be, you know, Nicole Jovic this year, which I hope it is, but. You know, I think a stretch four would definitely definitely bode Absolutely. well for them. Uh, you mentioned Denver. Last point before I ask you the music question. Denver, it seems like out of all the contenders, mind you, they won last year, defending champion. Seems like they did the least out of all the contending teams, out of all the top teams. They didn't really make any moves. They lost Bruce Brown, which means Christian Brown would kind of elevate into a spot, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, But they didn't really make any moves aside from the mm-hmm. draft, aside from, like, they might have signed somebody, but I think it was a very quiet bench signing. I'd have to go look, honestly. Like, I don't even know who they signed off the top of my head. But 
It seems like very minor moves. Yeah, I couldn't seems tell like very you. Very minor moves on their end. Uh, let me ask you before we get out of here. Yeah, they. I mean, they go did. Ahead. I keep cutting yeah. you off, bro. My fault. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Answer that, and then I'll get to the music. No, you sure? good. <laughs> no, Denver. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just saying they they stockpiled draft. Yeah, they just stockpiled draft picks. Yeah, I think I I do agree though. I don't feel like they made they didn't make any like monumental move. I do wonder if they make a trade next year, just as far as bench guys, or if they'll play the bio market. I thought Reggie Jackson was going to have more of an impact for them this year, and they didn't even play him at all. Still won the chip. Uh, so I wonder, because like you said, it feels like LA got a lot better, and it feels like that'll be their main, probably it their does. main uh, rival next year. Uh, but the Clippers, you never know. It all depends with them, with their health and everything, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like L.A., so long as LeBron and AD can stay healthy, yeah. seems like that'd be the number one spot. And I I mean, they beat them already, sure, but I mean, I don't know. They just got, they seem to get mm-hmm. a lot deeper, and I don't think Denver got deeper at all, which is what I want to see out of any championship team. You know, usually you come back just a little deeper, you know? Yeah. Make like a couple of bench acquisitions, because I mean, I, I feel like L.A.'s got a, I mean, they got a whole 10-man rotation right now. If you look on paper, they got they got ten guys that they can just throw out. Scary, there, huh? You know, I mean, they they got their five, and then you can play them. Yeah, they're deep as shit too. I mean, I mean hell, if if you know Max Christie and, and a couple of the summer league guys, you know, kind of kind of you know do a little something, then hell, they could be deeper than ten guys. You know, they could they could easily have a ten man rotation you know, all regular season and then playoff time, which if you've got a good 10-man rotation of the playoffs, then you're dangerous because, you know, you're playing a team, playing a team like Miami with Miami, you know, they're playing seven, eight guys. If you've got 10 guys, you know, and you don't really have that production drop off, that's going to make you pretty damn dangerous. Uh, It seems like it's the Lakers thing to find a white guy on their summer league roster and just make them an impact bench guy, role player. I don't know how the hell they do it, but specifically, like, yeah. all right, let's find the whitest dude we can find, and he's going to be our impact guy. Because, yeah, now Max Christie, like, I don't know. It seems to be their fucking thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Don't know what it is at all. If it, it, it fucking beats me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But uh, let me get you out of here on this, bro. What is your song of the summer? What? If you could pinpoint it, it could be an old school song. could be something that dropped this year. What's a song that's been in your rotation heavy all summer? Mm. It just keeps coming back. Song of song of the summer. Okay, let me uh, let me go to let me go over here. This is this is definitely uh, definitely a difficult one because there's, I mean, dude, there's a lot of there's a lot of songs that I love. Um, you look like you're looking at like a whiteboard of music right now. It's what it looks like. Oh, so I've got. I, I'm looking at my. Uh, so I got my TV. Gotcha. I got a. Uh, I got one of those smart sure. TVs, and it's got it's got Apple Music. Got you. On got you. So I'm just going you through right now. Smart TVs. Uh, let's go to favorites mix. Um, I'm gonna give you. What would yours be? Oh, what would my? I was funny. You say that I was about. To say. It's a ra- would, uh, it's a we, random one. Yeah, ecstasy by Ohio players, a throwback, mm-hmm. a super throwback, really. But it's a good ride okay. out song. 
simple, um, quick. That's been in my rotation heavy in the car this summer. I'm I'm gonna go with. Yeah, this is difficult. Um, I'm gonna go with. All right, I think I'm gonna do. Man, uh, I'm gonna do money making Mitch. Okay. By okay. 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 All right. It's gonna be. So that's a that's a hard hitter. That's a, that's a that's definitely a hard hitter. That's one of the songs that you could definitely get in the car and just let it I blast. Like that. I was not expecting you to definitely. go back to Young Nudie, but all right. all right, I see you. Kind of like off off the limb, you know, because like I said, there's. There's so many, there's so many songs that I like that I listen to. I mean, I could sit here, I could sit here for hours and and just switch it up. I could go from Young Nudie to to Mark Morrison to you know Sweat or you know whoever. <laughs> like I could sit here and just just go back and forth. I feel you. <laughs> I can go back. And no, forth I feel all you because like I would say honestly, the album that's got the most rotation aside from like the new shit. I've been playing. Her loss a lot. I was telling Keenan this not too long ago. Like her loss has probably been my most played album mm-hmm. this summer, but I couldn't pinpoint a song off it. I've been playing more. Really? So ecstasy. That's what's at the top of my on repeat right now. On repeat. Um, and I do play it a lot, and it's like mm-hmm. it's a three minute song. You're in and out. It's great in the summer. Good ride out music. But I don't know if I've listened to that more than her loss per se. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely the one where I'm like. Oh, I got to start shit off. Let me play that real quick. It's good vibes. Good way to start your day. It's like, all right, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to set the, kind of like set the, set the tone for the day, you know, kind of, kind of get your day going. But I do agree with that. Like I, on her loss, like there's definitely not a song where it's like, like you can pinpoint that exact song. It's like, like it's one of those albums where it's more so like just a good overall Mm -hmm. body of work. Mm -hmm. And it fits the summer more because it came out in the winter. Like but I feel like it fits the way. summer more. You know, it's all club shit, so mm-hmm. it's perfect. It's definitely more of a summer album. I do agree with that. I do agree Absolutely. with that for sure. Listen, man, we got to do more of this music shit, and we definitely will. Uh, sounds like Drake's dropping soon. I'm assuming Push is dropping soon. Um, God, who else? Who else mm-hmm. we got coming this year? It's got to be more. Who hasn't dropped Ooh, this year? Wow. Like you said, there's a lot of big artists. Twenty one must have a solo album coming out. Uh, I hope twenty one does. So yeah, we got more I reviews to does. do. Let me ask you this: I didn't give out of t- out of a ten score for a Utopia. What would you give it? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it with you know with all the listens and stuff like that. I, I think with there only being one bad song in my mind, I think I'm I'm gonna give it a Give it a nine point one out of okay. ten. Okay, okay, I'm with you. I'm a I'm at about an eight point eight, eight point eight out of ten is where I'm at. So we both give it B plus A mm-hmm. minus. Eight point eight. Yeah, same ballpark. I, I feel like I, I do feel like eight, you know, eight point eight point seven and nine point two. I feel like that's a good range for it. I feel like somewhere in that range. And room to grow over time because you know that's how music does. You know, music grows on you. But for that to be our initial thoughts shows you what Travis put into the album. So. That's what's up. Yeah. But uh it's damn sure a good one. That's damn sure a good sure. one. That's, that's for, sure. for sure. Brandon, thank you for joining me. Can't wait to do this again with you. Uh matter of fact, can't wait for Thursday. Thursday's gonna be a banger of a pod. 
you heard it here first. Yeah, Thursday. Uh, so for the listeners mm-hmm. out there, you will see this on the Warner Brothers podcast feed. You'll see it on the same YouTube channel. Everything's going to be the same. Might just have a different title, but it'll be right on the feed. Uh, Brandon, once again, thank you for joining. And uh, get ready for Thursday. Ice your knees for Thursday. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I appreciate y'all having me. I'm looking forward Absolutely. to Thursday. It's going to be fun. This was Kyle Warner, Brandon Petty. We're out of here. Have a good one, bro.